welcome back. This is Whitney Mullins, and you are listening to Perspectives on the Short Story. We are going to be talking about how old Timothy died with a song. If you are not familiar with this short story, I think you'll really enjoy today's discussion because it is about stories and if you are listening to this podcast called perspectives on the short story I think that'll be something you're interested in so basically old how old Timothy died with a song is about to me keeping a story alive and what that means so essentially I mean, dying alone or the fear of being alone is often a present theme in stories. I mean, as it should be. We as humans need interaction from other humans in order to survive. Years of research have proven we need companionship in order to live mentally and on some levels physically healthy lives, especially when it comes to the bond of community and furthermore family. However, we do not need scientists or specialists to tell us this. If one looks inside of themselves, the best of our memories are undoubtedly with another person. It's shared laughs. It's the memories and stories we share with one another that make life special and magical. This is especially true in How Old Timothy Died with a Song. Um, Throughout the work, the reader is presented with two men who sing songs to make others happy but do not seem to find true happiness for themselves and seem alone. At least that was my take on it. The first person narration in this story is likened to the film A Princess Bride to me. If you've ever seen it, it has a narrator telling someone a story that they had not heard. Um, In both cases, the meat of the work is set in the story itself rather than outside in the narrator's world. I think it's a great technique to draw special attention to themes and important aspects. If you've seen A Princess Bride, it's the grandpa reading to the grandson, and whenever the grandson gets scared, it gets interrupted, and it comes back to, like, present-day real life. And this story kind of does something similar. The author uses the character Ewald as a tool to do just this, Um, When Rilke writes, So he didn't learn that tone from his father? My friend Ewald asked after a while. No, I replied. No one knows where he got it from. This was in the book and on page 154. And this particular instance is toward the end of this short story, and it's used to convey Igor's sadness and loneliness. Igor did not call for his family after his family's passing, and... I, I thought this was odd. Um, Igor presumably stayed in his home village to carry on these songs, but why? This is the question the reader is left with, and one could reason that perhaps it's because responsibility and duty to the family can be isolating. Even though Igor became just as knowledgeable as his father had been, he was bringing these songs to the village for others. I didn't really get the vibe that he was doing it for himself. It can be argued that it was, of course, but due to the noted sad and his tone that Rilke wrote about, to me it's implied that he was doing it for other reasons. And the final days of Timothy's life were warm, but not quite convivial. It was simply him and his son to which he sang many of the songs as he would before the curtains closed. Um, The way Rilke describes those final days, it seems to be known that Timothy at the end was near, um, or that the end was near to Timothy. Um, It was written, 
But the autumn wind blew so violently through the village that no passerby could ascertain with any assurance whether there was really singing in Timothy's house or not. And the door wasn't open to anyone who knocked. And I thought it was important to note that they say the autumn wind blew so violently. It reminds me of other stories that Cal Flannery O'Connor used, um, uh, The Enduring Chill, like when she talks about how sickness and coldness, and now in this one, it's like a wind that blows. It kind of, it usually pertains to death um, as a symbol of death, that is. And um, this passage highlights Igor's intent to both satisfy his father's wishes and learn these songs, but they locked themselves away to do so, and they accomplished as much as they could within the little time they had. Perhaps it was during this time that Igor realized how important such matters are, um, such as these bailini, which are the uh, songs. Um, these bailini were to his villages and his people. It was extremely important. And as mentioned earlier in the text, Timothy believed that he would have more time to share these songs with his son. When he realized much later in his life that he did not have the time to do so, he was beside himself. Rilke described Timothy's emotions by saying, He himself was sorry that his mute, dead dust would lie upon these songs, perhaps very soon now. Wow. Just, I'm going to read that again. He himself was sorry that his mute, dead dust would lie upon these songs, perhaps very soon now. I mean, Rilke, having set the stage early on, implores us to see this man fulfilling his greatest wish before he dies, that the Bileni would not die with him. And although it is not exclusively written, it seems that the songs would die with Igor, his son, having never called back his family and having died alone, it would seem that he would have no one to pass them on to. So it's a compounding sadness that not only did Yegor um, learned the songs, but they seem to have died with him. So his poor father, Timothy, um, got what he wanted, but I don't really think Yegor did. And that's why I feel like there's a prevalent sadness within this short work. And just as Timothy passed along his Bileni to solidify his bond with Yegor, the narrator passes his stories to Ewald in search of a shared connection. Both Ewald and Timothy both possess the quality that the narrator says is essential to having um, quality discourse. He writes, healthy people are so unreliable. They look at things now from one viewpoint, now from another, because it occurs to them that is more polite and it shows better breeding. With the paralyzed man, there is not need of that. And, I mean, both men are able to see things for how they are and speak on them properly because they have no time to waste. In both instances, the art of storytelling brought people together, one through song and one through a story. However, the heartbreak of expectation makes Igor's tell much grimmer. It was his distance and lack of companionship that made his story darker. If only he had called upon his family to be with him, perhaps the end would have been on a much lighter note. Thankfully, Ewald and the narrator still have each other. Thank you for listening today to Perspectives on the Short Story. Once again, my name is Whitney Mullins, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I found this story very interesting because it's a story about stories, and even though it was 
teaching us and telling us things, I also felt this enduring sadness, which I touched on. And um, since I spoke of The Princess Bride earlier, I only find it fitting to end with a quote from The Princess Bride. And that is one of the dreaded Pirate Roberts, or also known as Wesley. And he says, Life is pain, princess, and anyone who tells you different is selling something. Thank you guys, and I hope you have a great rest of your day, wherever you may be, and I'll catch you on the next one.